Greetings, my friend. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. I'm Tom Tanderwell, and it's Friday. We made it through another work week. Our chapter day journey today finds us in Job, chapter 5. It was verse 27 that leapt off the page at me. The very last verse of the chapter says, We have examined this, and it is true. So hear it and apply it to yourself. Today's podcast is entitled, Slimy Sympathy. I once had the opportunity to sit under the teaching of a popular speaker and author at a weekend conference. This was ah, probably 20 or more years ago. don't exactly remember. But at the time, he was about the same age that I am now, as I recall. At one point, this gentleman had been on the it person's list in popular Christian culture. I sold a lot of his books over the years when I worked in a bookstore in my high school and college days. His name back in the day was instantly recognizable. He was popular. He was influential. He had fame in those circles of influence. And then he disappeared for a time. He was gone from the bestseller list. He was gone from the Christian publishing circuit. He was no longer part of the conversation. He wasn't speaking at huge conferences. Now, there were no scandals. There were no sensational headlines. He simply seemed to have checked himself out of the game. So when he appeared as the instructor for that weekend, I was intrigued. And there was one thing that he said that weekend that has stuck with me all these years later. I've never forgotten it. So let me paraphrase it from memory. Quote, yeah, I'd like to share with you some things I've been thinking about, things I've been learning. Now, you may disagree with me on some of the things. That's okay. Go right ahead. I no longer feel the need to be right all the time. End quote. Yeah, I loved the simple humility with which he said this. I appreciated his experience-driven life and faith lessons. You see, the further I get in my journey, the more I've embraced life's mysteries, the more content I am to shrug my shoulders, (laughs) the less I feel the need to have an explanation for everything that will fit neatly inside a theological worldview. In reading the last half of Job's friend Eli's first discourse, it felt kind of slimy from a relational human perspective. I suspect I'm going to be feeling that a lot as Job's friends try to comfort Job by explaining his suffering. I mean, Eli tries to be encouraging. He points out that God works miracles and wonders. Yeah, sure. God provides rain for the crops and blesses the lowly. Yes, he does. If Job will simply make an appeal to the Almighty, God will surely restore him. But Eli also passive-aggressively accuses Job of being secretly to blame for his sufferings. Let me give you a couple examples. Eli says, quote, resentment kills a fool and envy slays the simple, end quote. Oh, okay, so you're not naming Job, but he must have some resentment hidden in his heart. Next one, quote, hardship does not spring from the soil nor trouble from the ground, end quote. Oh, so Job must have done something to bring this trouble on himself. Next one. Quote, blessed is the one whom God corrects, 
so don't despise his discipline, end quote. Oh, so that's what this is. Job's suffering is clearly God's correction and discipline. Now, to make matters worse, Eli's assured promises make light of the harsh reality of Job's present sufferings, his loss of everything that he owned and his 10 dead children. When Eli says, quote, you will then know after, of course, he humbles himself before God, that your tent is secure. You will take stock of your property and will find nothing missing. You will know that your children will be many and your descendants like the grass of the earth, end quote. And then, to provide the proverbial cherry on top, Eli ends his discourse by assuring Job of his rightness, even taking, if you notice this, the plural form to make his personal arguments sound like they are corporate, agreed-upon truth. When he says, quote, We have examined this, and it is true. So hear it and apply it to yourself, end quote. Yeah, it's just slimy. Under the guise of encouragement and promises are passive-aggressive accusations, self-righteous assurances that Job's suffering fits neatly into the box of Eli, the apologist's theological wisdom and understanding. How fascinating that as I read Eli's discourse, the Holy Spirit brought to mind the reappearance of the disappearing teacher some 20 years ago. The humble acknowledgement that he doesn't know everything. The shrug and the admission that he simply is not going to bother trying to prove his rightness to some guy from Kokomo, Indiana, who he's never met and who wants to challenge his theology. Yeah, sometimes things simply defy easy explanation in this life. Life gets messy. It is what it is. And I can embrace that. I picture this morning as I finish, what would I say to Job? And this is what I came up with. Quote, I don't know, Job. <laughs> I can't imagine. Nor can I make sense of what you're going through right now. I, don't, I won't even pretend to understand. I am so, so sorry. But I can assure you of one thing, however. I love you. And you know what? I'm just going to sit right here with you as long as he'd like me to do so. End quote. Have a great weekend, my friend. Wherever this finds you, I hope it's a good one. Lord willing, we'll be back here on Monday.